Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Lori and Julia show. It is your second hour, Wednesday, and we have Brittany filling in for Julia today. Yeah, we do, if you like it or not. That's right. Um, Oh, yeah, that's right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. uh, It is exciting to be back, especially we've this show. We just have so much stuff going Mm -hmm. on. Can I say how much I loved when Austin Butler won for Elvis? Uh, no one was shocked when you, then, how you felt that way. But it was shocking that he was, that Priscilla Presley and Lisa Marie were there in yeah. the audience. And they started crying as he was accepting. Twitter well, was losing it because uh, Austin is committed to that Elvis voice. I know. you, And you think that's problematic, don't you? Well, no, I don't know. They will have to... His Oscar handlers will have to decide if the Oscar voters hate it. Because remember, Twitter and TikTok doesn't get an opinion on whether or not you win or get nominated for an an Academy Award. Mm -hmm. I don't think Oscar voters will be bothered by he spent three years of his life becoming Elvis. Uh, He he likes this. He's going to stick with this voice until campaign season's over, I think. Yeah, it's kind of like that terrible saying that it says, like, it takes nine months to make a kid. It's nine months to get your, you know, whatever body you're going to return yeah. to. So, like, if three years to be Elvis takes three years to get the Elvis out of you, I Maybe, guess. but, I mean, he was just getting <laughs> roasted on um, Twitter about it. And then, um, you know, but he, he told Priscilla and Lisa Marie he loved them. He told Elvis he loved him. It was really a... It was nice. It's so the sweet. first big award that he's ever gotten. He did get nominated for a Screen Actor Guild Award yeah. uh, today. And um, uh, Baz Luhrmann did not win for Best Director. Steven Spielberg won for The Fablemans. And one of the big surprises of the night, I was so happy about it because this is just one of the most... Fun movies I've ever watched in my movie watching career, and that's RRR. And the song Not To Not To won Best Original Song at the Golden Globes. And Lady Gaga, you know, she had Hold My Hand from Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Lady or, or Rihanna was sitting with at the Wakanda table, and she was there, Lift Me Up from Black Panther, beautiful mm-hmm. ballad. And then Taylor Swift's Carolina from Where the Crowd Ad Sing. I don't feel much of anything about that song. Same. And you know I'm okay. a Swifty yeah. through and through. And even that, I was like, eh. Her it's... new album's better. She can get awards for that. Girl, yes, Ellie, exactly. that is the nicest thing you've said They're about right. me. <laughs> 
in the history of ever. Um, but the Oscar nominations, like that, that's closing on January seventeenth. Uh, but it was really, um, it's RRR is the surprise Netflix movie of the summer. Casey and I just watched it a couple months ago, and we're absolutely enchanted. We posted the dance. I'm hoping there's some way that they can perform this at the Oscars. Should it be nominated? But if we can just hear a little bit of this epic song. Not salsa, not flamenco, my brother. Do you know? Natu? Natu? What is Natu? I mean, here's the thing. Let's admit that, like, it's rare that, like, the... You know, like Rihanna, yes, amazing. It's not, it, these people are not going to have their best songs ever are soundtracks. There's supposed to be more background. Right. That song is yes. so fun. It I mean, is. it is embodiment of a movie. You go, oh, dang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it you know, it got best original song. So it is, that's something else because it is a wildly uh, catchy uh, dance off song. And, um, M.M. Kiravani accepted it, and he just seemed absolutely flabbergasted. And the two stars, the two handsome, handsome stars of RRR, Ram Sharon and N.T. Ramaroa, they were at the Golden Globes. They had a table. Um, so it was kind of... It was kind of fun. I mean, I hope they bring back the live performances for Best Original Songs, just because it's we've we got, got a, good nominations this year. Yeah, and be well, fun we potentially do. Yeah, it would be fun to see. I mean, this is that would be a lineup yes. of epic performance. Yeah, that would be super fun. It would be really, really good. So anyway, take a look at the video if you haven't. Um, and looking, you know, at the Screen Actor Guild Awards, uh, the nominations came out today. Um, I'm sure they weren't happy that the Golden Globes had moved to a Tuesday night. <laughs> like, what's happening? It's usually like three days after the Globes, but the there um, there were some surprises. They did not nominate Michelle Williams for the Fablemans, and she is by far and away the best. She and the kid who plays the young Steven Spielberg are really great in that movie. Okay. And she won a Golden Globe last night. Oh, wow. Oh, no, she didn't, did she? No, she didn't win. Nominated. Okay, yeah, because I was going to say I don't Nominated remember Nominated for a Golden Globe. Austin Butler and Colin Farrell will be going up against each other because he won last night for the Banshees. Uh, and he gave a good speech, and Hollywood really likes him. So yeah. for the Screen Actor Guild Award, you know, I don't know. The surprise there, Adam Sandler was nominated for Hustle. Yeah. Like... And you know, and like he, he hasn't really gotten anything. no, 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 no. And I've heard good things about it. I think I don't know if it's an Oscar performer, if it's a you know an award performance. Yeah, well, but. he got nominated. Um, and then um, for female actor, it's going to be Kate Blanchett who won a Golden Globe last night, and Michelle Yeoh because they Golden Globe split their category. They're both nominated for a SAG award, Anna de Armas for that crap movie blonde. But I was glad to see Danielle Deadweiler for till Mm -hmm. because that movie really hasn't gotten a lot of love. And she's just uh, incredible as, as um, you know, Emmett Till's mom Mm -hmm. in the movie. Oh, that's, I forgot what it was called, but yeah, I heard about that movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, uh, kind of it, basically a lot of the, Babylon got a cast. That's like their version of Best Picture. It was Babylon, The Banshees, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, The Fablemans. 
And Chris Hewitt will be glad because yesterday he told me his favorite movie of 2022 is Women Talking. Oh, really? Yeah, and that's opening here on Friday. And who's in that? That's the Sarah Pauly movie with Jesse Buckley oh, and yeah, Judith yeah, yeah. Ivey, Rooney Mara, um, Francis McDormand. Yes, now I know what you're talking yeah, about. So yeah, so Women Talking. So those were the five... Um, Movies that the Screen Actor Guild's nominated. And then um, a surprise uh, uh, for outstanding performance by a male actor, um, Sam Elliott got nominated for 1883. Um, that's Which was like last year. I was kind of surprised about that. And agreed. Taron Egerton was nominated for Blackbird and his co-star, Paul whatever his name is, uh, he won last night at Golden Globe. It feels like a... Con- that was a great show, Blackbird. Uh, yeah, but it feels like a very confusing time for trying to be categorizing things. Like, don't you feel like we are in this really odd world of, like, shows are going up against each other where you go, wow, I don't feel like they're in the same categories. I mean, the fact that... Well, it's television, movie, or limited series. Yeah. So, but like, 1883 would be a limited series. Like, don't you think, though, there's something about, like, I remember the big one that was kind of threw me off is that Better Call Saul isn't a comedy. It was a murder mystery court. I mean, I just feel like we're... Well, don't confuse Golden Globes and how they split yeah, yes. up in this. That's what I'm just saying, that, like, now we're in a different category where I go, wow, it's just weird some of these are up against each other, but... Yes, it's a lot of the same, you know, uh, Christina Applegate got nominated for Dead to Me, that's mm-hmm. kind of new, but otherwise it's Better Call Saul, Ozark, uh, Jeff Bridges did get a nod um, for The Old Man, no Yellowstone love from the Screen After nope. Guild Awards, not one... Now, one thing, Severance got loved, The White Lotus, of course, Abbott Elementary, yeah, Hacks. So the SAG Awards, they do kind of have a, they kind of repeat themselves. Yeah. With their, they, they, they go a long time with their TV shows. But hopefully, you know. Um, and where is the SAGs again? I know you at said. At the Doug. Shrine Auditorium. And, and we'll see if Julie and I will be invited. I mean, it's that all would make new a difference. people there. Yeah, that would make us. that would make a huge yeah that would be fun yeah so. uh, we we'll, we're gonna put we're gonna manifest that we're gonna manifest it make it happen all right listen when we come back it is time for Brittany's random thoughts today Julia's random thoughts he looks like that puppet I don't know he's had cheeky implants it's just random that's all it is that's all it is it's just random. All right. All right. What do you got, girl? This is where I get paid the big bucks. That's right. Um, We are currently, a lot of people are indulging, or lack thereof, in dry January. And it's a very common thing to have bought Baileys for the holidays. Yes. And now Baileys has a shelf life um, often because it has cream in it. Unless you keep it refrigerated. And even then, like, there is a point where you have to go. Well, there is? Well, yeah, just like cream in general. Like, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. It. So I guess it's never <laughs> lasted long enough. Right? Have my outs to know it. Haven't expired. figured it out. So right. we have hit this very weird vortex of a niche situation, but that's happening quite a bit is people are officially saying this Bailey's has gone bad. Like, unlike you, some people have uh, put down the Baileys. <laughs> okay. And they are putting, you know, dumping it down the drain. And <gasps> experts are saying that you should not pour Baileys down the drain. Why? Southern Water has now issued a warning against it. The uh, One of the Wastemaster Network, he said, something like Baileys, which has a cream content, could add to problems. 
No one likes a nasty per- surprise over a festive season, season and a block drain is no different. Oh, that's what he's talking about. It Creating will, your own blockage and your own plumbing problem. It will cause an issue in the U-bend under the sink due to the oh. thick consistency and prevent liquid from, pass- ugh, from passing through to the external drainage. It can also cause it to set in and smell Terrible. So dump it outside for the squirrels. Yeah, yeah. Fig- figure out a different game plan because you do not. There. Who knew? Who and it's so. Funny. I guess it would be the same thing for curdled milk or something right? like that. And don't send anything lumpy down the drain <laughs> or fatty. It's like fatty. yeah, something super fatty. You're just yeah. not supposed to do. Don't send something. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> lumpy down the drain is a no go. Um. <laughs> Huge resurgent lately into a couple things that you and I are big fans of. Um, there is a huge group of people that are watching, rewatching Girls from HBO. Oh, really? And mm-hmm. Mean Girls. I love Mean Girls. It's one There's, of my favorite movies. I think people always get blown away when they do the math on Mean Girls and realize Amy Poehler is 32 to her daughter's 26. Yeah. Rachel McAdams. Yeah. That's, that's the other thing when people rewatch it. like... Amy Poehler's only 32 and Rachel McAdams is 26. I, I remember that fact, but it's like, could you accuse them of a miscasting? No, Regina no, no. Is perfect. You not keep me all. young, girl. Yeah, yeah, I know it. <laughs> I always go to my go-go. I'm like, I'm not like those and other moms. Amy I'm a cool Poehler mom. Presents, cool she mom. always seems older anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You it's, know, there's something about it her. It was so good. And so then like good. the juicy couture. Jo- I really want to be tap into that. Check That's, out her boob job. They're hard as rocks. <laughs> <laughs> that is the mom I acquired. Like, I... I, I I want to be. I want to be like so oblivious that how corny I am and death gripping the youth. That's and my maybe goal. Amy Poehler's character is that way because she was like a teenager when her daughter was born. So she has a hard time not 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 trying to relate that way. Like a, you're young. You're and I don't know why. It's funny because I just was looking at some of the numbers and people are rewatching girls and I don't know why there's this big push to girls. And it's I think girls and mean girls. You could watch at any age. Um, like any amount, any when you're a teenager, that will always relate to you. And when you're in your 20s, girls will always be something you can tap into. Yeah. And I think there's just new generations are like discovering these these shows. Yeah. So anyways, we've got a lot of cool things. There was a big um, technology uh, consumer electronics show and some really cool things. Oh, is, the one in Vegas. Mm-hmm, and uh, one uh, one thing I really liked was there uh, these hearing aid that is amazing and it's only $99 which is now you're talking instead of 5000 exactly and then um this one I don't know if I'm as into it's a $3000 stroller that is self-driving yeah i can't imagine that too many parents would be for this and like my look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Main exercise is pushing that dang thing. So it's like, if we get rid of that, like I got problems. Right. Um, Here, robot, take my baby. Right. <laughs> take my baby for a walk. Uh-huh. Um, and then a really cool one was the live translation eyeglasses, which could what, make. What's that mean? So like. Like a um like a translator like a different language and you wear these glasses that will give you the live translation in your ear no in your eye on like your while eye? you're reading it's like almost like it? it's almost like you have um um automatically like um, subtitles or like VR yeah like the VR screen because it's so close to your eyes yeah. All right, I'm not sure about that one. I mean, that it could, sounds very distracting. It is. No, you definitely should not be wearing <laughs> them while driving. No, gosh. Um, okay, and I know traffic was really icky this morning, but we didn't even make the list of the worst traffic de- um, delays um, ever. One of the uh, Forbes just did a list of cities where motorists lose the most time and money sitting oh, in traffic. L.A., New York. L.A., New York. That all made the list. London, even Chicago, which I was surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think Chicago because it's kind of spread out nicely. Oh, no. But I guess, yeah, I mean, if we're talking Chicago Ryan proper. And, yeah, it's messed. So um, as much as we hate the ice, let's just all be thankful that like our commute. And, you know, of course, Washington, D.C. is a huge one. Um, so, yeah. Namaste. Namaste. Mm-hmm. Um, so this uh, Indiana man, he was it's arrested. It's never going to be <laughs> a good story when it starts. Twenty-seven-year-old like uh, Mr. Horton. He left something at a store, and he, you know, like hoped for there to be a good Samaritan. He headed back to uh, the store, like his wallet or something. Kind of like his wallet, um, meth. Oh, geez. So he headed back. <laughs> Similar to a wallet. Similar in some ways. Um, he headed back and he said, hey, um, I forgot my meth uh, here. And they ended up, uh, they were like, yeah, we actually found it. And at the same time, as you were coming back here, we had reached out to the police. So you're right. The conclusion, Are you sure you're claiming this? Right. The, the like <laughs> conclusion we need to come to, meth lost is meth lost. Okay. Like yeah. we... <laughs> It's like my mom always says, if you ever uh, lend anyone money, oh yeah, don't ever expect to get it back. If you ever lose your meth, that is meth gone, mm-hmm. and it is not meant to come back to you, yeah, ever at all. Yeah, if, if your meth loves you, it'll come back. Yeah, right. if it does, it's true. That's true, and it's it's usually not a symbi- symbiotic relationship. Um, another thing I wanted just to touch on um, is that uh, there are a lot of tricks. And a, a common issue that a lot of people are having is remembering names, right? Like that, if you're in a conversation and there's kind of like silly things that you can do. One of them is use your significant other. And this is kind of like a tried and true is you have Casey go up and go, Casey, introduce yourself and say, mm. hey, I'm Casey. I'm, you know, I'm Lori's husband. And then you get their name. Yeah. Well, somebody on TikTok is claiming they have a better idea. And it's you go, did you know it's almost impossible to say your name three times fast? Oh, so watch out for that because that okay. means that person forgot your name okay. for sure. Okay, that's good. So you're welcome. I like that. Hey, it's Lori here to tell you about one of Julia and I's favorite places to go for entertainment in the Twin Cities, Chanhassen Dinner Theaters. If you're looking for a fun night out with dinner and some drinks, 
You've got uh, basically three weeks left to see Footloose, which has just been a terrific, it's a, such a good show. And coming up is a brand new Tony award-winning musical comedy. It opens February 10th called The Prom. And the Chan, they know how to put on a big, splashy Broadway show. And this is no exception. Based on a true story about a girl who just wants to bring her girlfriend to the prom. The town isn't having it. Four quirky Broadway stars rush in to try and help her change hearts and minds and all kinds of... Uh, it's a sweet story about acceptance, belonging, and kindness with really good music, costumes, amazing. We already have our tickets. And, of course, they always have their tribute shows. And Stevie Ray's comedy, go to Chanhassen DT for tickets. Thanks for hanging out with us. Well, um, last night, Prince Harry, Good King Harry, was on Stephen Colbert. And it was... It was such a good interview, and Harry, I mean, the audience was going, Harry, Harry. He was just kind of like, uh, he had such a warm welcome from the audience, and I was really struck at, you know, Harry is very natural. Yeah. I mean, yes, he's been speaking in front of people, but I mean, you don't know how a show is going to be with a live audience and all of that. If the interviewer is going to go, you know, change directions. But um, he he didn't quite. I mean, it was like, Harry, Harry. And he was just like, oh, wow. And Stephen's like, I've got tequila for us, you know. So, um, <laughs> but he talked about, um, you know, it was 40 minutes. And it was just, it's. It was just really a great, great interview, and um, you could tell that Harry was a little bit nervous, and this is his first interview since Spare was leaked by The Guardian, and then by the British media who got their hands on it, and they basically, on the Spanish language copy, and then they have just been busy, you know, just slicing and dicing his memoir, and I'm going to pick up a copy tonight, Time Magazine uh, their review of it is that Spare is surprisingly well-written despite the drama around it. Whatever you think of the content, it's quite well-written. It's rare for a celebrity memoir to be both ju- juicy and lyrical. Hats off to Harry's ghostwriter, J.R. Mulringer, hmm. who also wrote Andre Agassin's open uh, memoir. He wrote Phil Knight's. He's like the go-to celebrity ghostwriter. So, Time Magazine, they're saying, you know, really, really good. But the first one, I thought we'd play with, uh, play the audio where he talks to Stephen Colbert about his uh, late grandmother, Queen Elizabeth. There's so much in this book that is actually very heartwarming. The the human connection that you have with, with your family and the times when they've been there to support you. Here's a beautiful photo of yourself and Queen Elizabeth II. And the world mourned her passing last September you didn't just lose your sovereign, you lose your grandmother. And there, there, there are many really lovely interactions between you and your grandmother. What will you remember most about her? Her sharp wit. Her sharp wit? Yeah, her sense of humor, her ability to uh, respond to anybody with a completely straight face, but totally joking. <laughs> wow, just the, the ultimate British dry wit. Yeah. Um, but she was just, she was just, she was, she was incredibly humorous. But as I, again, as I say in the book, I'm, I'm, I am now and I was then genuinely happy for her because she finished life. Um, she had an amazing life, she had an amazing career, 
um, and she was buried with her husband. And bearing in mind the suffering, global suffering that everybody's experienced over the last three years, there was less suffering for both of my grandparents. And I'm really, really grateful for that. So, I mean, just like how lovely. And um, let's see, they had a very funny conversation about Harry's frostbitten penis when he did his first Invictus fundraising, getting raising awareness for veterans and went to the South Pole. And he forgot to wear a rock cushion, a Todger uh, protector, and <laughs> yeah. he got a frost-nipped penis. Oh. And so Ow. they had a funny thing, but he actually, I, Stephen must have said, you can go ahead and refer to it. It's um, rock rhymes with a C cushion is what, and that's what Harry said, but then they just uh. bleeped it. That was very funny, but he told the story because he had this frostbitten Todger at his brother William's wedding. Oh. And he was so uncomfortable I in bet. his clothes. I bet you anything that would go <laughs> because near it touching itches, it. Yes. it yeah, so, so, so funny. They had that. And then, um, you know, really, uh, and again, because I haven't read the book yet and everything, but uh, one of the things, and I've long been on Harry and Meghan's side about this and have known about it, and if you watch The Crown at all, you can see that the British monarchy has a, the most screwed up relationship with the British media, somehow they have gotten to think that they're on equal footing. Mm -hmm. And Harry has always, he's wanted to upset that because he tried to get his father and William to say, we've got to stop, you know, doing these favors with the British press and sacrificing one of our own so that they can, someone can cover up or advance or, but they're very interplayed. So, Anyway, here he was talking about, like, just really, that is his main mission with the book, is just to lift up the veil on this relationship. And so they talked about how last week the British tabloids were, like, basically saying, making the claim that Harry bragged about how many uh, people he killed when he was in Afghanistan with specific, you know, they like really got very specific. And of course, then people are like, oh, so here's Harry addressing that. So there's some veterans in the house tonight. Hey! Oh. Hey! <laughs> um, I think one of the most, uh, look, I'm not going to lie, the last few days have been hurtful and challenging, uh, not being able to do anything about those uh, leaks that you refer to. But perhaps the, or no, not perhaps, without doubt, the most dangerous lie that they have told is that I somehow boasted about the number of people that I killed in Afghanistan. I've, I've read that section of the book, and I'm, without reading the entire thing right here, it, it is, it, to me, it's, it's a very thoughtful description of what that knowledge is like to have and what the experience is to know that you have done this in order to protect what you believe is good in the world from those who would wish to destroy it. There's, there's nothing boastful about it. Um, and not but, only but that... Way, but, but also, I would say that if I heard anybody else, if I heard anyone boasting about that kind, kind of thing, mm-hmm. I would be angry. But, but it's a lie. And hopefully, now that the book is out, people will be able to see the context. And it is. It's, it's, really, it's really troubling and very disturbing that they can get away with it. And also because they had the context. It wasn't, like a, it wasn't like, here's just one line. They had the whole 
section. They ripped it away and just said, here it is, he's posting on this. When, as you say, that you've read it, and everybody else will hopefully be able to have a chance to read it. And that's dangerous. And my words are not dangerous, but the spin of my words are very dangerous. Dangerous because it makes you a increased target, those, in the, yeah. those that, around you that you love. And that is a choice they've made. Um, and another odd thing about it is that this is nothing new. Here's an article from, I believe this is from Reuters, from 10 years ago, describing that you had killed Afghan insurgents, the Taliban, in sorties. So this isn't new information. This has been known for a long time. Almost 10 years to the day. My face was splattered all over the front pages um, because someone asked me a question while I was still in Afghanistan um, if I had killed anybody from an attack helicopter. Um, and I said yes. And I think the most important thing here is not only the context, but the reason as to why I decided to share this in my book. Because, again, to the vets here and to the civilians here, which may seem, may feel as though this is slightly a weird conversation to have, um, especially on this show of all shows, but I made a choice to share it because having spent nearly two decades working with veterans all around the world, I think the most important thing is to be honest and be able to give space to others to be able to share their experiences without any shame. And my whole goal and my attempt with sharing that detail is to reduce the number of suicides. I mean, yeah, and and, and, and it is true, you know, that, you know, at one point the British media like bragged about like how amazing Harry was in the military and all of this. And again, they're just they take these things and they spin these Dane, the the words that they're using. So I just thought that was amazing on Harry's part. And then just the last one, this is a real short one. Um, Prince Harry talking to Colbert about um, serving in the army for 10 years. I spent 10, 10 years in the army. I only joined for uh, originally for three, um, but I couldn't resist uh, staying. They kept dangling the carrot of different jobs uh, for me mm-hmm. for many years. Mm-hmm. But I found a refuge there. Um, and as I talk about in the book, um, I found my purpose, um, a purpose greater than myself and to be amongst comrades wearing the same uniform, being treated, uh, no longer being treated differently for the first time in my life and being able to hide away from the, from the media focus. For me, that was, that was an amazing place to be in an amazing community and I still am part of that community. So they will do everything they can to try and uh, disrupt that. And they did. I mean, Charles wouldn't let him wear his military uh, things to his grandmother's funeral, and then they had to change their mind because they looked petty as hell. Yeah, they looked insane. I mean, 10 <laughs> years he was uh, in the military and stuff and doing amazing things trying to help veterans and addressing suicide. I, I mean, I just couldn't love Harry more. Yeah, Good I, King Harry. I mean, we, yeah, we have a huge problem. I mean, a lot of people I serve with, there is a shame that goes with the things that you did mm-hmm. and people want to attach pride to, but then there's no... There's no room in this world to talk about it. And for him to put himself in a vulnerable position like that, to say, yes, Apache, where he would, they'd be called in. We need. Yes, to say that this happened. And I would. We need air support. I I gave me goosebumps because like that. And it's he did not have to tell somebody that he did not. and, and, And he's right. Like that. That probably made a huge difference for a lot of veterans to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, oh, Harry. I know. So, you know, he's bestseller. It sold out in France. Like the UK, they're having to print more. People are 
wanting to read this book. Yeah. So, and you're you got to get on this. Oh, I you I'm are, on are it. the I'm most on literate it. I'll read it of this us weekend. All. I'll read it this Thank weekend. You. When we come back, we've got some things to Hollywood speak. Hollywood speaking. Hollywood speaking. So, Colin Farrell, who yesterday, Chris, you had told me he's having the best year acting wise because he was in four movies yeah. in 2022. Get it. So, he won a Golden Globe for best actor in a musical or comedy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Which is where they put Banshees. Austin Butler won for Best Dramatic Actor <laughs> in Elvis, which I felt those categories, they should have been, been switched. Could have been switched. I was saying it's, but yeah, whatever. Well, good. well, I'm glad they both won. They both won. And Colin Farrell, when he gets up to accept his award, he and Anna DeArmas presented it. And he said, I just saw you were extraordinary, but of course, in this wonderful Irish accent, I cried myself to sleep the night I saw your film Blonde. I cried myself to sleep. One thing had to do with the music that played at the moment where the shot opens and just seeing your ankles at the edge of the bed, it messed me up so bad. And then he turned. <laughs> I, I, It was... I'm like, is he trying to pick her up? Is this crazy? <laughs> what is happening to Colin Farrell right now? I mean, okay, let's. Was ha- that a pick? Was that like kind of just a not? Because he's very single. Uh, maybe. And she's very single. Maybe. Maybe. And you're complimenting right. her on the what I would guess would be the suicide scene. Or maybe. And the sad music they played. And no, Colin, that wasn't a good movie. No, but Blonde. maybe she. Maybe he does think she was good in it. But. Awkward I know, time and I know, place for I... the conversation, Colin. But the like, funny thing is, is, he wasted like forty-five seconds. Okay, that can <laughs> read as endearing if done right in the right situation. Like it's your moment to shine, and you're going. I cried myself to sleep. That is an out loud pickup line in front of the okay, world. Okay, fine. <laughs> Shoot your shot, speak, man. Right? Yeah, he's okay. like, I'll try, man. I'll try. I'm sorry. I think that really, I was just like, oh, but, look at you. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Shoot your shot. I like that. That's a good one, Allie. You, you Hollywood <laughs> spoke that, and, yeah. and thank God you're here. Yeah. Uh, I knew this was going to happen. Uh, Whitney Houston's estate slams Gerard's uh, uh, bad golden. Gerard. I, I know, I love it, Allie. Allie, no, this Gerard. is what it is. You were doing Gerald for a bit, I know. though. Gerard? Ger- <laughs> Gerard. I don't know. It makes little sense. Think well, hot, rod, Gerard. hot Rod. Hot yeah, Rod. Gerard. Gerard. Well, Gerard. Now I'm having trouble saying Yeah. <laughs> okay, Carmichael. I'm going to call him by his last name. Do, yes, Mr. He Carmichael. He did a bad golden. He said, oh, yeah, they told me, HPFP told me I got to give a shout out 
to this venue that we're at. So I want to shout out to the Beverly Hilton, the hotel that killed Whitney Houston. <gasps> and yes, Ooh. the crowd gasped. And I would say I knew that there would be, you know, people would say people didn't like that. The hotel. That's not funny. It's not, not funny. funny. That's not funny. I'm like trying to even wrap my head around how he thought that that, could that be would funny. be okay and normal thing they'll say. Well, like, you know what? He, he was edgy. And he went a little too far on that one. On that one, um, period. Dot. No one laughed. Mm. Well, you one. still can't make a Lincoln joke in a crowded theater, let alone very good. <laughs> that. that is true. Um, when Brad, when Austin Butler stopped and said hello to Brad Pitt because he passed him when he went up to except for Elvis, people were like, "Oh, those two are buddies." Remember, these two are both in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh yeah. And he played Tex Watson. Brad Pitt was at that table, Quentin Tarantino. But when they leaned over to each other, I all I could think of was these two have the same haircut because Brad cut his hair. Yeah, you... I'm not going to Hollywood speak this. I'm going to repair it what you said. Yeah. That was a daddy-son sitch that I... The vibes. <laughs> that is the vibe. That is the vibe. Oh, my gosh. And I like daddy I and I like... Look like Brian Phillippe. Yeah, well, just mm. get, you know, someone said on Twitter, just get, um, you know, Robert Redford to play the grandfather. <laughs> I'd be into all <laughs> three of those. That's a great movie. Let's watch that movie. Yeah, let's watch that one. I don't one. even need it to be a movie, but a five-minute scene is all yeah. I'm saying. When, um, you know, we posted <laughs> the photo of uh, Brad Pitt and Austin Butler giving these father-son vibes. Mm-hmm. Are you getting fresh face tweaking with any of this? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Brad, he got something done. and He he's got been lasered doing a, and yeah, something they're, else. They're, yeah. I don't even know formally what it is, but... Yeah. Yeah. For sure, got something, and because especially because we he did that whole um, magazine uh, layout where he looks so different compared yeah. to now. Yeah, yeah. All right. I think he finally had to give in to the fact that's like it's time to break out the heavy stuff. Okay. Um, this is from Us Magazine. Okay. Uh, sources have given uh, Us Weekly the exclusive that T.J. Holmes and Amy Robach are quote-unquote serious in love and quote-unquote it's not a fling. Wow. What? And they intend to be open about their relationship now as if they haven't been already. (laughs) Better late than never, I guess. What is the point of that announcement? The only thing that could happen is them break up, like, at this point. Are are they just have to legitimize? somebody's insisting that it's a serious one-side is insisting seriously they're in love and it's not a fling. And I feel like that source is Amy Robach. I mean, it would feel like that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. here's the thing, too. This is kind of out of the Angelina and Brad playbook. Yes. Of we are so in love and so made for each other that people can look past the infidelity thing. It saves face. Yeah, people always want to rebrand their sordid affair. As I know. Destiny, yes. fate. yes. True love. The, yeah, the Eileen Davis of it all. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. But, you know. And it's fun. I mean, it honestly. Is, I always want to. People like to gloss over the very real people that get hurt in sordid affairs. Mm-hmm. Kids, the other person. I wouldn't be surprised if Andrew Shu is talking with T.J. Holmes's ex. Yeah. You know, and, about, you know, just, geez. Because the four of them, remember, add one more layer of sordidness. They were couple friends. Yeah, yeah. I know. They went out. On vacations. They did vacations. vacations. What I want to know 
And I'm Ellie, not. That would be like me no, having no, an affair stop, with your dad. Stop, I'd be. Stop. I'd be shocked. Yes. <laughs> but Make I mean, it stop. It would be. That would be a yes. sordid thing. Okay. You know. I do <laughs> yeah. want to know this because yeah. I've never been in a marriage where somebody cheated. Knock on wood. I want to know. Oh, you haven't? Oh, God. That's my whole family history. Ask away. <laughs> okay. I want to know then, can you look past this? Like yes. in another couple then? Like well, it, watch, it, watching them do this, you, you're you not triggered by it? Not I, everyone. Usually the significant other who's been dumped will not be able to move on and forget. The kids maybe can because yeah. you, your parents' love life is not in none of your business. Yeah. In that respect, hopefully, and maybe there's some therapy, but it's been my experience that the significant other yeah. who's been so done dirty. Like they would see this couple and go, never, I will never like them. That's right. Okay. And that's, that make that tracks Andrew Shu is and not going to be friends with Amy Robach. No, no. And I'm not and saying. And Marley isn't going to be friends with TJ. No. Yeah. Down the road, even though they have. I'm not saying like the people in it. I'm saying that if you've had this past experience, if you can see Angelina and and Brad or these two, you know, um, Amy and TJ and go, I'm okay with this. Or, you know, like Brandy Glanville of it all. Friends will have to make decisions. Yes. It's their friend circle. They will be dropped by some friends and not others. There will be other, there will be like. But I just mean public opinion. Like, you know what I mean? Like if that, if your past experience with cheating defines how you see this couple. Yeah, maybe. I I would think so. Like, I think no matter what, because you know how they're trying to dress it up. awfully deep for Hollywood speak, but I hear what you're saying. (laughs) I forgot. I, can you always We're tell that I'm in psychoanalysis 101 a part of me, marriage therapy? A part of me says that, like, don't even try to dress this up as true love because people have already picked their sides with it. I, who have, doesn't have a past of cheating, I see these two couple, I see Amy and TJ, I say, get it. Like, you guys yeah. look good together. Fine. I'm fine with it. Like, yeah. But I bet you that there's a lot of people who are going, no. I don't understand. You know, when it's coming from Us Weekly and they've got an exclusive inside source, that means it's coming from one of them. I don't understand even why you want to play the game. Right. And let it know that they're seriously in love and that there's it's not a fling and there's no regret because it has no it does not going to sway anybody. No, it's best to let and almost forget that it's happening. Exactly. GMA every day at noon. Plays what you need to know. GMA three with Amy Robach and TJ Holmes. It's still playing because they haven't made up their minds. I know, and I just can't. There's some cute people that are gunning for those good jobs. And let me tell you this: if you watch clips too, there's odd moments where I feel bad for their coworkers. Like there's a moment where they were like, "Are you doing anything this weekend?" Like somebody asked, and like Amy's like, "Oh, I don't know, not much." And everyone was like. Yeah. Crickets, crickets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 uh, the Golden Globe viewers thought that Millie Alcock, who was in the House of Dragons, was wasted up on stage as she was oh, yeah. biting her hands and weaving. She did look wasted. She did look wasted. Well, they only had crackers and vegetables, no platters of warm, <laughs> you know, steak and shrimp. Yeah. Last night. Budget cuts. Reagan's got to eat. Pay, pay Gerard. <laughs> Gerard. <laughs> I don't even know at this point. It's gone. Bye. All right, we'll be back.